Hey guys, this is Tina Recklage, and you're listening to the Grow and Go podcast, the show about growing, challenging, and encouraging each other to dig deeper than the social norms. Let's grow and go together. And welcome back to the Grow and Go podcast. Um, thank you for listening to the show. Um, and I do want to say for a fact that I was totally 100% planning on making this episode uh, a topic where I talk on just by myself. But I don't know if you can tell, I'm a little under the weather and my voice is not 100% here. So I decided instead of trying to wing it, I reached out to my older sister, Samantha. And was like, hey, do you want to be on the show? And she was like, yeah, of course. So um, I reached out to her and we sat down and we talked about what it's like to go through something and like what our mindset should be during that and what God thinks about it too. So um, the episode went really great. Most of the episode is just brother sister rivalry where we just like constantly pick on each other. So it was quite a bit of fun recording it. And um, but overall, like that conversation went super well. Um, you know, it was very, it was you know, very meaningful, very insightful. And she's one of the most insightful people I know. So uh, without further ado, I don't want to take any more time away. Here's that conversation that me and my sister Samantha had. Yeah, let's just get right into it, man. Um, Sam. Tanner. What's your embarrassing story for us today? Well. Well, do you know that I have an embarrassing story on this podcast? Um, you do you know, listen to my podcast? If I'm being completely honest, I no. <laughs> I listened to the first one and uh, haven't listened since. But it's not because I didn't think the first one was good. That was great. I just, um, I've been busy okay. brushing my hair or something else. I don't know. Something else unimportant <laughs> than your brother's success. No, <laughs> no I will kidding. listen. Okay. Especially no. this one. Especially this one. Yeah, especially this one. <laughs> okay. Sam, uh, we have a reoccurring segment on here, or that we start off the episode with an embarrassing story, because we, got, we all got embarrassing stories. Oh, I sure do. And this is almost like the ground zero for us to, you know, humility starts with growth. Wait. Growth starts with humility. Thank you, Sam. Got you. Great content so far. Um, okay. <laughs> We're just growing and going here. Just growing and going. Um, <laughs> At least you know the title. Okay. Embarrassing story. So, can I tell them something funny first? So Tanner texted me about like having to have an embarrassing story ready. And so I was like, oh man, I don't know what to choose. And he's like, Sam, are you kidding me? Like you do embarrassing stuff all, <laughs> all the, the time. time. <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, yeah, like any of your stories that revolve around bugs. <laughs> and I just said, that's not embarrassing. Like that's who I am. <laughs> I'm afraid of bugs. Like that's me. Um, so anyway, my story does not revolve around bugs, but... I think it's embarrassing. Okay. Um, so basically, I work at a church. I'm the student ministry coordinator. Um, the youth group that I work in is literally amazing. It's um, the greatest. And so for a while, which I'll get into later, but for a while, I was kind of like considered the head of that ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, some There were some leadership switcheroos that were happening. Um and like I said, I'll talk about that later, but our church does this thing called a guest reception. 
um, which is where all of the ministry leaders come and they get to meet people who um, either are new to our church or who um, just kind of want to know more about the church. Um, and so the senior pastor comes in every time and he talks about like the history of our church and just, um, you know, the vision, where we're going, all that good stuff. And it's super awesome. I, I loved being a part of it um, for the period that I was there. And it, I mean, it was awesome. So one week I'm at guest reception and it was the like two days after a huge event that our youth group puts on, like a big kickoff for um, the school year. And it's like hundreds of kids. There's so much prep that goes into it. There's so much cleanup. There's so much like emotional energy spent on this one event. So, you know, to get my point across, I was tired. I was exhausted. So I'm sitting there Sunday morning, like 9 a.m. in this guest reception. And the senior pastor is talking and he's, you know, telling the new people about church and blah, 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 all this good stuff. And you know when you like do that thing where you kind of like start to yawn, but you're not like, you don't want to just yawn in someone's face. Well, I'm doing that and I start to yawn, but I'm holding it in. And so he <laughs> says, Samantha, do you have something you want to say? Like in front of the whole group. Right. And I just said, no, I don't have anything I want to say. I'm just trying not to yawn, <laughs> which is so rude. Yeah, literally. It's so rude. And I was like, <laughs> I literally, then I started eating my words and I was like, um, because we had this huge <laughs> event on Friday and I'm just so tired and I've had like five cups of coffee. And, and he's just like, yeah, like, like, okay, it's fine. And people were staring at me and they were probably like, Who? people were getting up and leaving. Literally. They were just like, forget this church. It's obviously a joke. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. but yeah, that, that was really embarrassing. Wow. Um, and honestly pretty hilarious, but super Dang. embarrassing. What about you? What's your most embarrassing moment? My most embarrassing one? Uh, or your embarrassing moment of the week. Uh, um, of the week, I, well, okay, well, I had a different one, but I figured I'll tell, I'll tell one. And so, this week I texted Sam and I said, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And she said, yeah, of course, because you already heard a little bit of the interaction before. So I get to her house and we're recording. So I thought, and we're sitting here, we're having a great conversation. Honestly, like Sam and I haven't like, had a really good conversation a while because we've just been so busy. So we're having this full-on conversation that's like going really well. <laughs> and, um, you know, for this podcast, of course, because it's not genuine. It's all for views. And <laughs> <laughs> But um, and so we finished the conversation. I'm like, hey, Sam, you know, thanks for being on here. I love you. And it's uh, like, love you too, blah, blah. And we gave each other a high five, which we'll probably do at the end of this one. And flip the phone over. We didn't even record. No, no, no. We did. Tanner I didn't, didn't record. record. Any of it. Because he had the phone flipped over, so we couldn't even see, honestly. So, this is round two. This is, yeah. All this is staged. It's, I mean, it's not staged because it's it's our lives Life, and stuff, right. but. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, reciting. <laughs> like, just finishing my sentences. sentences. Okay. Anyway. It's sandwiches. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. What? Um, but that's what happened, so <laughs> So this is take two, of course, but it was very embarrassing because, like, Sam and I put a lot into that conversation, too. Like, we had a really good conversation, and then it just turned out to be... All for nothing. All for nothing. Yeah, it was just a big ploy to get Sam to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, um, 
But yeah, that was very embarrassing. My other one was kind of stupid, so I'm glad that this one happened. So, but yeah, I'm glad we're here now. So, but going back to like what I said before, I did ask Sam if she wanted to be on the show because one, I think Sam is um, probably one of the most, you know, wise people like honestly like I look up to you a lot like this isn't just for like views and stuff like that even though it will definitely get me some um but, no, I'm just <laughs> Aww, but thank you yeah <laughs> all for the YouTube glory but um you keep saying views like this is like a video but it's like thanks for the listens listens <laughs> well it's okay anyway go on um but like I got Sam on here because I think she's extremely wise and I think um she has a lot of a good insight on different things. And so when I asked Sam what she wanted to talk about um, or what she feels more most comfortable talking about, it's about uh, what to do when we're in the middle of a storm and what to do when we're in the middle of trials and, you know, things are rough, like how, what, where our mindset, what our perspective is in the middle of those. Um, so, because I feel, you know, especially since we're siblings, like we've both gone through things separately and together. So it's been, it's kind of cool to like hear your perspective on things too. But um but getting right into it, I want to I want to start off by asking a question, and it is this: <clears throat> Have you ever gone through something so hard that you didn't know what to do when you got there? Yes, um, I've gone through a couple things that I feel like would fall into this category, but um, I'm just going to highlight two because um, they kind of tie together pretty well, um, even though they're completely different. So the first thing um, happened at my job, like I had mentioned in my embarrassing story. So there have been some changes at my job where um, I was left basically running the whole student ministry. And it was, like I said, really unexpected. I was not prepared for it, nor was I wanting it. Um, I am very much a behind the scenes type of worker. I love like administrative work where I get to like just sit behind my computer and like make stuff happen without people knowing about it like that is just my bread and butter it's awesome and so I was not prepared to fulfill any sort of leadership role um, or do anything that required me to go outside of my comfort zone but that's kind of what I was forced to do so yeah. I um, was leading our student ministry for about a year and a half to two years, like 18 months-ish. So um, I was having to do that pretty much on my own, um, although I had some awesome help. Shout out to um, Mandy and, I mean, the whole entire team. Just a bunch of awesome people who were helping that um, happen. But it was probably one of the hardest seasons that I had to go through. And also, at the time, I was completing an internship. So I was getting my bachelor's in social work. Um, and because it was like the tail end of my um, bachelor's program, I had to do an internship and I had to do like, it was pretty much a 20 hour a week internship and I had to do that. And I also had to work full time. And then I had homework that went along with my internship classes. Mm -hmm. I was kind of newly married at the time and my husband and I were like in the midst of buying a house and like, it was just madness. Like, yeah. the whole entire season was so hard. It was so um, uncomfortable. I mean, there were just so many things that were pushing me outside of my comfort zone constantly. Yeah. Um, and it was really tough. 
And so now, um, I mean, even just, I think it was like right when I got out of that tough season, um, my husband and I decided that we would start trying for a baby. Um, and so we've been trying for a baby for 15 months now. Um, and so we are in the category of unexplained infertility, um, which basically means that there's no direct reason that the doctors can see why we are not getting pregnant, yeah. um, which is super frustrating. It's been really hard to not just have like a why as to why we're not getting pregnant. Um, so there's there's a lot of questions and Um, I say that the two are tied together because I feel like the season that I had to go through at work really prepared me for the season that we are in now. Um, And I would just say that because of the way we saw, um, we being Chad, my husband and I, saw God's faithfulness through my work season of just how he got us through that um, and really was just shaping us and especially me um, to be more like him throughout that season and then the season of infertility um, going into this just knowing how faithful he is and how he is able to get us through these seasons that feel like there's no hope that feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel that feel like there's just no end in sight like we did not know how long it was going to take to fulfill the position of um, the pastor of student ministries. We didn't know if that was going to take a couple months. We didn't know if that was going to take a year, two years, four years. Um, and so it was just a lot of unknown and a lot of uncertainty. And that's similar to the season of infertility where um, there's just a lot of unknown as to um, when we will have kids, if we will have kids, and just um, the Lord's plan and all that. So mm-hmm. I would say those two seasons definitely have been um, the most challenging seasons to go through. Yeah, um, and I think during those seasons too, it's like the way that you see each um, circumstance in each season is like it dictates which way you're going. Yeah. And like, so I guess um, <clears throat> during the season in regards to your work season, where do you feel like your direction was going? Like where do you think like – how you saw the situation, how do you think, like, or basically, let me ask, let me just ask you this. What do you think your perspective was during that season? My perspective during that season was really negative and really hopeless. There were, I mean, I think I cried every, I don't want to say every day because that's a bit dramatic, but I cried almost every single day. Yeah. Um, I was feeling so uneasy I was just so blatantly stressed out all the time yeah and so frustrated and so I don't know just so conflicted I feel like for a solid year I was in a constant state of confusion I feel like I had no idea where I was going why I was going in the direction I was going I didn't know what to do like I didn't know if I should just like keep pushing and going outside of my comfort zone which was causing me to be more stressed in some way or if I should just be stagnant Mm. but um the reason I came to the conclusion that I did which was to continue pressing on 
was for the students in our youth group um, because I just I love them so incredibly much and knowing the pain that I was having to go through with the change in leadership it was really hard for me and so I know for them it just had to have been so much harder so I knew that I had no other choice but to keep things as normal for them as it could have been yeah and things were just changing left and right we were doing renovations on our building there were just there were so many changes happening for once at them but one thing that our um, youth ministry says is that we encourage every student to take their next step with Jesus and I knew that encouraging those students to take their next step with Jesus could not change I knew that that was one thing that had to remain because Jesus is the reason for everything and yeah. it's the reason he's the reason why our youth ministry exists is because we want students to know him and to have a closer genuine relationship with him yeah. and so I knew that 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 couldn't change and I knew that I had to keep pressing on for them but I had a really hard time doing that joyfully right yeah because it's it's hard doing that like especially when like circumstances feel so like lost and like you just like feel stuck in the unknown it's hard to like be that constant reminder of jesus is enough when you're still wrestling with that yourself and you, you know what i mean like um yeah um so going back okay so looking obviously seeing that season how that was was very difficult for you and just you know and not to mention like I was under you too in leadership too so like yeah I watched and like I saw how how hard that season was and it was hard for everyone too like everybody was so confused on like where we were going like what like we knew what we had to do but it was hard because like we just had to keep showing up and I think sometimes like in regards to like going through something it's just continually showing up because that's what god does too in yeah. us when we're when we're not acting the way we should or we're doing things that is honoring to him um but going seeing that perspective and seeing that that season how that was uh compared to the season you're in now where is your perspective in this season compared to where it was then so this season has been completely different um from the season before it and my husband and I are able to, we are able to see this season and see the hardness that comes with it and the challenges that come with it and the loneliness and frustration. We're able to see all of that, Mm -hmm. but our attitudes are, I mean, they're night and day different. And we just have an attitude and a posture of, one, wanting to make God famous um, through this situation. We want our unsaved family members to know him. We want our unsaved friends to come to know him because of this season. And so our posture has been completely different. I feel like there's so much more joy in our household. And I would say this season is is almost more challenging um, because it's such a pure desire to have children right I mean that's it's biblical it is that is something that is glorifying to God to have children and I mean the world just kind of um, puts a spin on it like you know they're always saying kids are a gift and 
they're such a huge blessing and those are completely true statements but when you're going through infertility it feels like why am I not getting that gift why am I not getting that blessing like why is you know quote unquote God withholding that gift slash blessing from me Um, when in reality this is just a part of our story this is something that that we are just having to go through right now for reasons that we don't know. I mean, we know some of the reasons why we have to go through it. And um, these reasons being that, one, I think this has been a defying moment in our relationship with Christ for both Chad and I, where we both have grown so much throughout this season and have both just, we've taken our next step with Jesus. Like we say that about our student ministry, but Mm -hmm. we as adults have taken our next step with Jesus because of this season of infertility. And that's been really, really cool to see. And there's just, there's no better feeling than having taken that next step and having just like a different desire. Like I've always desired to be close to the Lord and I've always desired to know him more, but now it is just on a whole nother level like now I want to know him so much deeper and so much more intimately than I had um I mean even last year or you know two years ago before we started facing infertility and that's been super sweet to be able to see and to be able Mm -hmm. to experience and um just the way this has transformed our prayer life and our friendships and um our relationship with each other our marriage Although the enemy tries to use infertility to tear marriages down, right. like our marriage has gotten stronger because of this. And it's it's really been just a huge blessing for us. And it's like in that season too, like the enemy can try to, like the enemy's goal is to, thinks he can, or we think that the enemy can defeat us, but he often just distracts us. Yeah. And he distracts us from who God says he is. Um, so going back to what you said about um uh, your next step with Jesus. What do you think is like your next, you guys, is, you, you said it earlier, like your next step with Jesus. Like, what do you think that is in this season right now? Um, Like the step that we already took or the step that we are going to take? Um, Both maybe. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, Well, I think the step that we've already taken is knowing God on a deeper level. And then I would say um, our prayer life, which I would get frustrated with myself because we we knew very early on in this season that we wanted to be joyful about it we knew we wanted to use it for God's glory and we knew that like like there's a way to go about it you don't just like sit there and complain constantly about the season you're going through and then expect like people to want to like serve the God you serve because of that misery loves company literally um and so I would get frustrated with myself and read through my journal entries um, from these past 15 months and even before that and just seeing how it would be like a roller coaster of just like, I'm so frustrated, God. Like, why is this happening? Why am I going through this? Like, what is your plan? I can't see it right now. Um, And then like towards the end, it would always finish off with like just praises to him and like, I know that you're faithful and I know you're going to get us through this. And I know that, um, like we are going to be made stronger because you give us the strength to do that. And, um, I was reading through Psalm 22 
um, a few months ago and had read that that psalm is pretty much like it's just like all of my journal entries of like the psalmist just lamenting and like just talking about the groanings of his heart and then to say like but I'm still going to praise my God and then even to like confirm that even more I was at a conference in February um and I was in a session talking about infertility and they brought up Psalm 22 and so it was it was really cool to see that like even like the psalmists are crying out to God and like frustrated and just groaning out in sadness and then still praising God for the season that they're in. So that was really encouraging to see. So that's the step that I would say we've taken. And I think that um, our next step would be to be bold with this season. Um, And we're kind of in the process, I guess, of doing that. We picked a word of the year this year for 2020, which we normally don't get on the bandwagon with stuff like that. That's such a basic Christian thing, too. I know. (laughs) Our family this year is representing the word faith. Right. (laughs) And I know. And we normally don't do that, but (laughs) we both um, decided to pick the word bold this year. Okay. um, Because both of us, um, I feel like, just kind of have a hard time being bold with what we believe and... Um, just being bold, like not ne- not necessarily with our faith, even if it's just like an opinion on something like a, a restaurant or something. I don't sure. know. We just, we both have a hard time just being bold and we're both like somewhat people pleasers, especially Chad. Um, and so we have a difficult time with that. But right. being bold, I think, um, in the sense of taking my next step with Jesus means to be bold about like who God is to us and what he is doing through us and in us during this season. Yeah. So I'd say that's like our next step is to be more more vocal about it, mm-hmm. even though we've already been vocal to some extent about it, yeah. um, but to just take that next step, which this podcast will help us do that. So nice. thank you very much. Hey, no, I'm <laughs> glad that is really helping. Um, you said uh, like your guys' word is bold, and I feel like that's a characteristic of who God is and like what he thinks. What do you think is – what do you think – this isn't a question that like I had prepared for you either. So it's like, <laughs> but um, what do you think God's being bold about in this season too? Um, that's a good question. I think that, well, I'm reading through the book of Jude, which is, it will tie back into your question, I promise. Okay. Um, but through the book of Jude, um, Jude talks about contending for the faith, which contend is like a fancy word for fight. Um, and so I would say that God is, I guess, being bold to go with that theme, um, in just like having, I guess, like in speaking to me so boldly through his word, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't really like how that's sounding, but like, I feel like I've been reading the book of Jude, which is literally just like 25 verses long and... I have been so fed by that study and have been so encouraged by those 25 verses. Um, And I just think that even such a tiny book as the book of Jude is able to speak so much life into this season that I'm going through. And um, I think it just shows the power of God and Mm. the fact that he can take 25 little verses. I mean, in my Bible, it's literally just a page and then like, 
a tiny snippet of the next page and he can use even just the smallest letter yeah. to speak so loudly into my life. So yeah. I don't know if that really answers your question. I mean... Almost bold as in like he's bold enough to like clearly point scripture and things out to you in a sense. Yeah, and I, I mean he's just good in that sense. Like he's yeah. good in the sense that he has given us like the word that he has yeah. spoken to us through his Bible and that we have like this book as, as a tool. Right. Um, and so, I mean, God is, God is bold period. I don't think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. I feel like he, yeah, I feel like that's really good. Um, yeah. Okay, I had a, another question. So, I mean, obviously, actually, before I, before I ask that question, um, I think from an outsider perspective, I, I mean, as, a, as your brother, too, like, I can see, like, the situation that you're in right now with infertility is, like, very difficult. And, like, as much as I, I can't relate to that, like, my heart still, like, still mourns and breaks for you guys, too, during this. But, like... And I think from an outsider perspective, too, like, people can look at this as, like, this is kind of a hopeless situation. Like, it seems very dark and scary. And, you know, like, a lot of the times it just seems, like, very unknown. Like, um, but, and I guess that ties into my question, too. Like, when when we see a hopeless situation, when we see something that we're very uncertain about, when we see a season of just darkness, uh, what do you think What do you think God sees? I think that God sees an opportunity for his glory to shine um kind of like how i was saying before that we want like him to be known and him to be made famous in this season and i think that in any trial that we go through and just life in general like in day-to-day living the way that we act in our circumstances can bring him glory and i think that um a trial such as this is able to really show his glory and so I think that that it's a perfect opportunity for us to say that we are going to be bold in this and I Mm -hmm. think that um he delights in that he delights in us not like bowing to the fear that we Mm -hmm. have that comes with infertility and um to not submit to the loneliness or to submit to the just the confusion because confusion can be crippling to the point where you just like don't want to function and not to say that I don't have those days where Mm -hmm. I just get so frustrated that I just want to like lay in my bed all day like I have those days but I also have a husband who also has like the strength of God in him to help me to get through those seasons and it's been cool to see the importance of a healthy marriage also through this season um and just the way that chad has been able to support me because i mean most of the times this is pretty common that infertility is hard in a different way Mm. for the woman as opposed to the man in the situation um and that's proven true for us too like this is obviously very hard for chad but um for me it just feels like it's a different level of hard but to see how Chad, as the spiritual leader of our household, is able to pick me up on those days where I'm feeling like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to like 
have this be our story anymore and for him to say like no come on like grab my hand and we are going to continue going yeah um and i think that the lord delights in that i think that he um loves seeing his children use really tough situations um to make him known right and i think even too like reflecting on who like jesus was when he was here too is like he was strong enough to like not bat an eye when like he like knelt down besides the woman who like committed adultery and was strong enough to say no let's come on let's move let's keep moving forward like yeah but then but he's also like emotional enough to like cry with mary and martha even though he knew lazarus was gonna be raised up yeah like he's like the perfect illustration of like understanding and empathetic to the point where like we can rejoice in the fact that he is strong but he also understands the situations we go through and um and yeah i think that's just such a beautiful thing too so yeah um wow yeah um okay so kind of bouncing off that last question um what do we think god sees during that um i guess my next question too is uh what is your hope in the middle of this hopeless situation so my hope in in the middle of a hopeless situation or any situation for that matter is jesus um and i think that you just tied in like the story of the gospel really beautifully in that that like he is everything he is our strength he is our comforter he is our rock like he is the reason why we are here like his bringing him glory and to look more like bringing god glory to look more like christ is the goal like that is the whole goal and so jesus is my hope in this situation and i heard this um quote and i think it's from paul tripp but it says you may feel like you've lost hope but friend hope is not an object you can lose hope is a person and his name is jesus yeah and i feel like so many times we get into this mindset of like this is just too big this is too much and Mm -hmm. like we give up right where we are not we're not called to give up on our situations we're not called to just we're more than conquerors yes yes exactly and we're called to keep pressing on and to like keep fighting this fight and i mean the enemy would love nothing more than for us to just say like i'm gonna stop here like i am not yeah i'm gonna throw in the towel and quit and um to cling to our hope is that's everything to cling to jesus and allow him to be that fulfilling hope in these tough seasons. Um, it really, I feel like it makes or breaks your season. And yeah. I feel like we have two options when we're faced with a trial. So as Christians, we have the option to either draw further away from God and to allow that like wedge to be driven where we feel like just so much anger and frustration mm. and confusion and allow ourselves to draw further away from him or we have the option to draw closer to him and I believe that it truly is a mindset and sometimes I would say daily that we have to make that mindset of of drawing close to him because I mean the enemy is just so sneaky in the sense that he would love to see us pull away from God during these tough seasons and to not do our devotionals and to stop praying because 
as the enemy would like to put it, like, he's not answered your prayers yet anyway, so why would you keep praying? And he would love nothing more than to see us cling to other earthly things during this season. And so when we are faced with a trial, to be able to look at the trial and say, I have... I have two options here and I can choose how I'm going to act during this season and I am going to act in a way that is going to draw me closer to Christ. Right. And I think that's everything. Yeah. And I think you can even look at perspective of like, like we, I think like a lot of times we call like Bible characters, like we call them Bible heroes because like, of course they're imperfect people, but at the end of the day, like they saw the benefit of who God was in the middle of the season or like, and became warriors and heroes because they chose to see God's plan for what it is. But you also look at like the people of is like the Israelites, like they walked through the wilderness for it took them forty days. And Sam was thinking earlier that it was eleven days, but no, you're you're saying that in a confusing way. I am. It took them forty years. It, but it would have taken them. It 40. would have taken them. What I think is, I think it would have <laughs> taken them eleven days. I think it would have taken them forty days. We're going to fact check that, and then we're also going to ask you to send your... Submissions over to the Grow and Go podcast Instagram page. Just just, just DM us. At (laughs) gmail.com. Grow and Go podcast at gmail.com at YouTube. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But it's like you, like like what you said earlier, like, um, like your perspective makes or breaks where you're going and like the direction you're going and like who you see God as because if you see God as someone who doesn't answer prayers you're going to be stuck in that wilderness for 40 years but if you see God as like he is faithful even if I don't see it it could only take you 40 days you just don't know it and it's like or 11 or 11 days (laughs) whatever (laughs) depending if you're only talking to Sam who is the only person I know who thinks it's 11 days long um but it's funny because like it literally could have taken them like a clear shot to get from point A to point B but they decided to go to point D, point E, point you know F, point H, all the way to point Z, which took them 40 years. Yeah. And it's like how we see the circumstances that we're in, how we see the different trials that God, you know, obviously placed us in for a reason. It ultimately determines like how we see him. And, you know, is he faithful or is he not? Well, and they were in the wilderness for 40 years and they were just grumbling about it the whole time and complaining and worshiping their false gods and like going back to the old habits that God was delivering them from right and I feel like sometimes we get into that mindset too where we start going back to our old habits when things get hard like we're right in the thick of like a season where we're about to reach the promised land and all of a sudden we we stop reading our bible or all of a sudden we stop talking to god or we stop like just stop trusting him yeah we stop trusting him and stop doing all these practices that that are so fulfilling and so good for us to do that we are called to do and then we just start going back to our old ways because on the surface yeah, it's comfortable, it's easier, it's um, it's simple, it's really mindless, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Well, not to mention, too, like, the Israelites, they even, like, were grumbling about the fact, like, let's go back to slavery. Like, yeah. slavery is so much, it's it's comfortable, that's where we were. It's like, we cannot go 
like the whole reason the big a big reason of this podcast is because it's called go because it's not grow and stay where you are because that's gonna help or grow and go backwards like our whole point is to go forward and like even in the middle of our difficult seasons and tough things we go through like god's purpose isn't for us to go back to where we were because like like ultimately our goal is to glorify him like we mentioned earlier and that even comes with like getting out of our comfortableness and moving forward and doing something like completely uncomfortable just so he can his glory can be revealed through us in spots where we couldn't be if we were comfortable exactly and i feel like my season at work that was super challenging i look back and know that god was walking alongside me just so so closely throughout that season because there is no way on my own strength i would have been able to lead a whole youth group pretty much as like as the only full-time staff member there's no way like there's no way I would have been able to do that on my own strength but because I have his strength in me I was able to do that and that's that's super cool to see and it's really encouraging to be able to now look back because you know hindsight is always as you say 50 50 um hindsight is always 2020 and it's always 2020 not 50 50 not 50 50 um and now looking back on those seasons we get to see um kind of like some of the behind the scenes work that god was doing while we were too busy Mm. grumbling right or too busy not paying attention and with this season of infertility we wanted to look at this season and we want to be able to look back and say that we took every day hour minute that was given to us and we want to say that we used our time effectively for the kingdom. Right. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just stuck. And stuck doesn't get you anywhere. It keeps you in the wilderness for 40 years. Yeah. So, man, that's really good. And, like, that's the hope, too, is that God is working behind the scenes, even if we don't see it. My hope is that God is using whatever looks like an obstacle as, like, a stepping stool to see above the situation that we're in. Like, I think that's, like, the goal, mm-hmm. too, is, like, looking at it from God's perspective. And even though we can't understand all the all the pieces and all the moving parts that God sees, we can still trust that he sees it and knows that, like, this is ultimately for his glory and our good. Like, this is not something, like, God doesn't withhold any good thing from us. Like, he gives it to us in timing. Like, um, like I said in the first take, which was completely cut out, is, like, God's... God answers prayers in three different ways. It's yes, no, or wait. And it's mm-hmm. like, even if we can't see it, that doesn't mean it's a no. It might be a wait. It might be a yes. But it's like, at the end of the day, like, our hope isn't to, like, rest assured in whatever answer is because whatever God gives us is meant for his glory anyway. Right. Like, and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to make us feel good if it's God's answer. Like, God's answer is good. Exactly. Even if that answer is no. Right. Because the what you are looking for like the blessing you're looking for could be fulfilled in a totally different way yeah and i think that um i had like a pivotal moment when i was like kind of wrapping up like that crazy season at work where i just realized that i didn't really handle that season the best that i could have mm-hmm. um and i think that realizing that gave me um, I guess just 
I don't want to say like the inspiration, but gave me the drive to handle this season better. And that moment was I was sitting at my desk after we had finally hired the position that we had been looking for for almost two years. And we had finally hired it. And I just had a moment where I was like, oh, this is like, this is awesome and so great. And, you know, um, my like now boss was settling into his office and it was just like, oh, this is like a really sweet moment where our prayers have been answered. And then all of a sudden it just hit me like super hard. Like our prayers have been answered that, that we had been waiting for, for years and like prayed just so many prayers. And a lot of the times like tearful prayers where I was just crying out to God in agony, like, please like fulfill this, like fill this position so that I don't have to go through this anymore. And then when I was sitting back looking at how he had answered that prayer, I realized that not only did he answer it, but he went above and beyond and filled another position that we had open that we weren't even searching for. Like he filled the role of the pastor of student ministries and he also like gave us a bonus and filled the director of student ministries, Mm -hmm. even though that's not exactly what we were praying for, but he just went above and beyond because he's so good and loves us and and he would have been good whether he filled that second position or not but just seeing how far more abundant yeah and just how he was taking care of us throughout that whole thing and just said like hey like i am in control i am taking care of you and i am carrying you through this season and i think seeing his face his faithfulness in that and seeing the way that he provides in that um, just made me like have a change of heart into how I handle trials in the future. Right. Because even when it seems out of control, he is in control. Yeah. Like, and like, there's no need to worry because he's already working everything out. Like, man, that's like so encouraging. And it's like, man, if like, if it was only so easy to just trust him, like, like trusting him is just is like a trust fall and it's like you can't even see what's behind you but like knowing that he's there like it's still hard and it's like but like just trust falling into who he is and what he's capable of doing um you know and like i think we mentioned it earlier but like i'll mention it again it's like something that like got me through difficult seasons of like um breakup like friendship stuff and like you know different things that i've been through have been like the one line that has like gotten me through it has been like if he was faithful then he's able now yeah and like if he was good enough to like get me through that season like he's good enough to get me through this one like he hasn't changed he doesn't change you know he's the same yesterday today and forever like he is still the same person like he's still able to do what he can do um and so i feel like that's the hope yeah you know and i'm also reminded too of like romans 8 verse 18 if our goal is to like to be glorified through him like, through everything we go through, but to look like him through it, it's like, I'm reminded of this verse where it says, uh, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's to be revealed in us. It's like, all this stuff that we go through here, like, it doesn't even mean anything. But what it does mean is that we're looking more like him in the process. And, like, we don't have to, like, worry about, like, if things are going to be okay at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, like everything is working together to be more like him and it's all for his glory and our good. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's really good. We're just so free. We're just so worried about like making sure like our hearts are at rest where it's like, he is the rest. Like he is the peace. 
Like, we're looking for peace in our situations, but, like, he is the prince of peace. Like, why are we so worried? Right, and we have to make that effort, too, where we we call on him and we, like, draw from him and we gain the peace from him. And that's yeah. where I think a lot of people go wrong is that um, it takes work to really study the word. Um, and I only say that because like these past few months I've just been doing a super deep dive into Jude and then Chad and I are going through the book of Isaiah um, and we've just been doing a really deep study of it and it's been challenging because there's a lot of like cross-referencing where it's like talking about other books of the Bible and just other stories and like it it all just ties together so beautifully um but I can see where people get frustrated and think like I don't get what they're saying like I mean yeah. I read through Jude for the first time before I started the study and literally like didn't know what three-fourths of the book was like exactly what Jude was talking about I'm like right. this is literally the most confusing 25 verses I've read <laughs> and um I just feel like a lot of the times people get discouraged by that mm. but I feel like when we take the time to seek out like mentors and to seek out like ways to understand his word better there's literally nothing more fulfilling yeah than being able to spend true quality time with him and once you start like seeing all the details within the bible and seeing how beautifully it's all sewn together it's just like breathtaking like it absolutely um it just changes your perspective on on everything and just how a god of details how he can write a book so detailed and so just like intertwined with all the other like it's his story and he just knits it all together beautifully yeah. and then what more does he do with me right yeah and he's knitting you together yeah like, and like and sometimes knitting like or you know sometimes like in order to be like fully like complete like you sometimes have to go through like stuff like um like i always think of like the stupid analogy of like a a diamond and how like some like a diamond has to go through fire like it it turns out it starts as coal and goes through fire and then turns out to be a diamond like we have to go through things in order to shine like um there's like another one too is like um like god uses broken pencils to like draw straight lines but it's true because like we're going through stuff and like like everybody everybody deals with something like whether or not you want to like put all your heart into it or like you know all your attention into it but like at the end of the day like god uses the stuff that we go through to grow us yeah so man and sometimes like you have like the only way to like really like learn things in a season is to go through that season right you You can't learn how faithful he is unless you you have to like hold on to that promise yeah literally yeah man yeah um all of this is to be reflected for his glory you know absolutely um, and i feel like this is probably a good uh turning point to uh challenge of the week which is something that i do on this show sam i do a challenge of the week <laughs> um so but for guests i figured that I, what i usually do when i have like a question or a challenge of the week is i usually just challenge the listener to like do it but I feel like when I have a guest on, I feel like it should be like, what is our answer to this challenge? Um, so I'm just going to ask this and I'll let you go first and then I'll answer. And then uh, we'll close out from there. Um, okay. So question for both of us is this. 
Uh, looking back on previous hard trials or difficult seasons, what is one central truth that got revealed that God revealed then that we can hold on to in the next season of storms? So we touched on his faithfulness a lot throughout this podcast, and I would say that is one thing that God revealed then that I think we can hold on to for the next season, but I would also say um, the fact that we can draw from his strength, Mm. um, that truth is just, it's so... It's so good and it's so powerful and I think it gets really mixed up because a lot of people um, like to use the expression, God will not give you more than you can handle, which actually isn't like in the Bible right, anyway. not at all. <laughs> um, and it's a really like self-centered kind of statement if you think about it because um, like who are we to think that we would have enough power to handle or enough strength to right. handle anything that this world um, throws at us. Because whose glory is whose glory is being revealed then? Right. Well, and our, not only that, but right. we are so weak, and we're so weak without Him. Yeah. That, like, why would we even put ourselves in that position to carry that weight? Right. Um, and I, a lot of the times, people I think are pulling from First Corinthians ten, verses twelve through fourteen, when they're saying that, like, they're thinking. Um, that verse which is actually or those verses which are actually talking about um, temptation like God is not going to put us in a place to sin like where we have to choose to sin Um, there's always a way out of it but I think people take that and they twist it into like oh he's not going to give us more than we can handle and he's not going to put these circumstances in your path if like you can't get through it. Because reality is he is going to give us more than we can handle so that way we can rely on him. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I think that the fact that we can draw from his strength um, is really beautiful. That yeah. that he gives us that strength because we are in Christ. And that's something that um, I feel like I have been carrying with me from season to season knowing that that I don't have to be strong and I don't have to put that pressure on myself to have that strength because he has it and right. I can freely draw from him. Right, because I even think about the verse too of like, for when I am weak, then he is strong. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not for when he is weak, then I'm strong. It's like, it's completely opposite. Like, it's his strength that we can only, you know, get from. Like, he his strength is the well that we need, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, we we get his you know strength twisted too much. We think it's ours, and we take right. credit for his. You know, oh, we got through the season. Like I do, like full full vulnerability right now. Like something I, I didn't even say in the first take is like when I like went through this difficult season of a breakup and like I lost like a ton of weight. Like the reason why I gained it back is because I thought I was the one who lost it, and like. You know, I took so much pride in, like, oh, look what I did. Look what I did. Like, look at me. Like, look what I accomplished through this difficult season. It was, like, it wasn't even mine. Like, I took the credit for something God did, and then it ended up backfiring because then I, I gained all the weight back. And now it's, like, it's a difficult season now for me to lose weight again um, because now I'm fully relying on his strength because on my own strength, I'm weak. Like, right. I want to eat a whole – t- I tell people at work all the time, I want to eat a whole pizza when I get home because, like – 
well, yeah. You know, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm starving myself now. But uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! But it's really like, like our our strong selves come when we rely on his strength, which is not a very like worldly thing to do. No, like, the world is so like, you got this. Like yeah. you do you. American you, dream. Yes, like you are strong enough. You are, you are enough. Right. And that's like we are enough in his eyes. Mm-hmm. But we are not, like, we ourselves are not enough. Right. Christ makes us enough. We're not strong enough. Yeah. Man, but yeah, that was really good. That whole strength thing. Um, what's one central truth that I would see back then that I can cling on to the next season? I would say that for me, it is completely okay to be desperate for him. Yeah. Like, how often do I feel like, especially, especially like as a, as a male, like you're almost taught to like not have any feelings or like not to feel like you need to be needy. Like, you know, some advice too is like, don't come off as needy or like, yeah, don't come, you know, girls want a strong male. And then like, but at the end of the day, it's like, no, I want my desperation to come only from him because he is literally all I need. Like in every season in every, like in the highs, the lows, like he is all I need. And like, how often do I tell myself, like, no, I'm, I, I'll be fine. Like, I don't, I need him, but like, I'm not gonna show it. Like, like kind of what we just talked about. In this right. Um, which is something I, you know, wrestle with so much because I want to be perceived as someone who isn't needy, but yet, God says you can, you can. I'm asking you to rely on me. Like, you, I am all you need. I am the rock which you need to stand on. So. Right. Well, like if he's not. If he's not on the throne of our hearts, then everything is misaligned. Yeah. Like, nothing can be in its proper place if he is wow. not in his proper place in our heart. And so, I feel like a lot of the times, like, yeah, it is a man issue, and then they get into this, like, it's a man being, like, human, not, like, a male-female thing, but... Right, right. No, yeah, I didn't mean to. Like, <laughs> but as a male, yeah, guys, I mean. only guys are you know. Yeah, have only guys issue. suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it is like an issue for us to fall into the patterns of the world where, like, we we shouldn't be desperate for anything besides our own like self fulfillment, and yeah. for like we should just be making ourselves happy and making the choices that we want to make, and like. If you want to get divorced from that person, get divorced because you're not happy. Or if you want to, whatever, drink right. a bunch of alcohol because it's going to make you feel good, then, like, you do you. And, right. And, no, you're right. We do need to be desperate for God because yeah. if we're not desperate for him, then we're searching through other avenues to yeah. find something to fulfill us. We're all desperate for something. Yeah. Broken cisterns. Broken what? Cisterns. It's like we're yes, looking yes, for broken. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're turning to the broken <laughs> cisterns. I thought you were saying broken sisters. Yes. Sam, you're a broken sister like, now. Talking about. <laughs> you, I wish you guys could see the look she gave me because it was literally like, "What did you just say to me?" <laughs> I was just confused. Yeah, it's way past my bedtime. So yeah, I know you're yawning like you did in your embarrassing story. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, exactly. Do you have something to say? <laughs> no, I'm just trying not to yawn. <laughs> I'm trying to go to you all, and this podcast is boring. Um, How terrible. (laughs) You're right, but it is getting late. and, um, But I do want to say, before we close off, I think this was really great, even though this was our second take, and 
I think this is better than the first. I definitely do too, honestly. Um, So, and I'm glad I stuck around for another hour (laughs) so we can, you know. Me too. Talk about this. So, but, um, and this isn't for the podcast. This is for you. So, I love you. I look up to you. And honestly, stop that. (laughs) That's such a brother and sister, like, um, hold on. I'm not done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, seriously, like you reflect Jesus so much and like, that's not even like because of what you do, but because of like how much you lean on him and like, love that so much about you. So thanks. Wouldn't have asked, wouldn't have asked for, gosh, Tanner words. I would not have asked for, for when I'm weak, you're strong. (laughs) You're not even going to (laughs) laugh. No, I don't give up pity laughs. You should know this by now. I know. Well, then a lot of people do. Um, <laughs> but I would not have asked for a better sister and a better friend. So I couldn't have asked for a better little brother. Besides, you and Logan are just you're tied. You and Logan are tied. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> All right. Well, Sam, high five. Thank you for being on the show. You're talk, welcome. Thanks for soon. having me. I'm definitely gonna have you on soon. Great. Talk to you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs>